heart's paralyzed, you're so stuck You passed the point, you're trying again You're defeated, you're defeated There's something inside you can't deny You hear the call of your creator I made you for more, I'm at the door I wanna restore your glory So Trying to keep your head above 
ringing in my ears and I can't understand why I'm not fixed by now begging I have pleaded take this pain but I'm still pleading heart trust you
Hello, hello, and welcome to the Diamond Night and Pearl Ministries. This is Kim, your local high priest, Rabbi Meha, and minister. I live in a little town, super town of Arlington in Ohio. And we're getting ready to do the holy days, a return to the biblical feasts, festivals, to the disciples of Jesus. This is a book on Nazarite values and Christian values, so we're going to be touching on it, or in, in this case, the Hebrew history um, of the church with the Gentiles in it. And I believe teaching that, um, it's also Hebrew roots movement, so it gives an idea of where we're at, where we're going, what's happened since COVID come in, or I call it Jacob's Troubles. Um, and how and when. Get my glasses clean here. Good. Now, uh, welcome to season two or season three, episode one and two. Um, I'm combining them so it'll just be episode one. Um, next week we'll have another episode. Where I combine two more because they're short. Um, and I might do three. We'll just see. But we're touching on the introduction why Christians might consider keeping the holy days in remembrance. Um, these are important. Now, there won't be any biblical or, say, Bible readings right now until I get further into the book. Uh, I'm basically doing uh, start teaching. And it is what it is. So we're the question is why Christians might consider keeping the holy days. Why would a disciple of Jesus keep the Jewish holidays? There's a question. And, and he says in a previous book he taught in a series of Sabbath to Sabbath, returning to the whole holy Sabbath, the disciples of Jesus, which this is talking about the whole gamut. He says, the, the argument for many Christians observing the, the weekly Sabbath is the same argument applied to the rest of the holy days, Passover, Pentecost, Lisa Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, the Festival of Booze, and the Eighth Day. This book builds on that. The premise establishes the early, earlier books extended the same logic to cover all the biblical feasts or appointed times. Now remember, the biblical feasts are foreshadows so for instance passover they killed lamb that was the crucifixion of the messiah or the messiah or the messiah so this is what we're looking at right now connections with christ remember season two episode one and this is what it says the holy days have their own merit and reward the Jewish people regard them as a sanctuaries in times, opportunities to engage in the spiritual world, enter holy times, and receive blessing from the Almighty. Days of elevated holiness set aside for prayer, study, and worship. Cycles of sanctification that keep us on track with Yahuwah or God, growing and maturing in the Messiah from year to year. It teaches our maturity. 
Now remember, in this, we have to apply for a, a saved, believing Jew. The application is the whole word, starting with the Torah, is written on our hearts and minds. Now, some teach that it's not, that it was abolished. But Christ said it, he did not come to do away with the law, but to fulfill the law. The fulfillment in the Old Testament was a prophecy done by Moses and several others that taught that the law would be written on our hearts and minds. The analogy is you have the canar on the head and then a wrapping on the arm called the latet. Um, that is represented. I don't, I have one in my home, but I don't wear it. It's just something to remember. And in those is written certain verses from Isaiah and stuff like that, and certain Torah leadings, and even the Torah itself. It's kept near the heart as a symbolism, but we don't need that now. We have it here and here. Okay, and it goes on. For the disciples of Jesus, the Bible, the Bible's holy days offer opportunity for connection with our master or rabbi and holy savior, the living son of the almighty or the father as he is. So pretend that you are happily married. You and your spouse have little connection. Example, certain songs come on radio and you say, honey. They play our song um, and a connection that you share, something that triggers a memory for both you, you and remind you of each other, particularly day of year with a romantic dinner just because it happened to be an anniversary okay, of the calendar day of which you were married. Connections that you share. You wear a piece of jewelry that symbolizes your marriage, usually a ring. This piece of jewelry creates a tangible connection between you and your spouse. Discipleship includes making connections like that in both the big things and the little things. So we start out as discipleship. We need to be connected to our rabbi and teacher because ultimately he is our connection to the father. As he says, I am in the father and the father is in you and me, and I in you, which means he is a father, and he lives inside us. We join to Yahuwah by joining to our master. He's our master. He who is joined to the master becomes one spirit with him. This is in Corinthians 1, 6, 17. We are always looking for opportunities to connect with Yeshua, to bring more Yeshua in our lives in big ways and small ways. Okay. And it goes on to say, devout disciples of Yeshua do everything he or she can to connect with Yeshua. We learn his words. We study his parables. We pray according to the way he taught us to pray. We attempt to imitate his righteousness and his goodness or godliness. Enter a spiritual union with him, bring him into our hearts, receive him into our lives, and ask him to live through us. We attempt to feel his presence, his guidance, in our daily lives. We ask ourselves, what will Yeshua do? Devout believers of Yeshua's life throughout, live, li, li, 
relive Yeshua's life throughout the year. He or she celebrates Yeshua's birth at Christmas, prepares to face the cross at Lent, mourns the Master's death at Good Friday, and celebrates the resurrection on Easter. These are all ways of joining of the Mashiach and making a to share connection to his life. To share is uh, a binding. Messianic Judaism, Messianic Jews don't always observe the Christian calendar or the Christian holidays, but that does not mean that those of us in the Messianic Jewish faith miss opportunities to experience a key share with Mashiach. On contrary, the biblical festivals, the Jewish festivals, provide us with regular cycles of opportunities like that. At Passover Seder, for example, our master told his disciples to henceforth take the cup of the Seder and, and the unleavened matzah bread of the Seder meal in remembrance of him. This makes the Seder and the whole festival of Passover an opportunity for the Messianic Jews or Nazarite Jews and Messianic Gentiles or Nazarite Gentiles to connect with Yeshua. If we are looking for opportunities to connect with the Messiah, the biblical festivals are low-hanging fruits. They provide occasions for us to do what Yeshua will do and to do what he does. Yet, the provided opportunity for us is to celebrate his life. We connect with the stories of his death and resurrection at Passover, the story of his appearance and ascension during the counting of the days, and the barley Omar, the story of, of the outpouring of the Spirit at Pentecost, the story of his second coming at the festival of the trumpets, and the story of his atoning sacrifice on the Day of Atonement, the story of his birth and his coming kingdom at the festival of Booths. So there we go. Blueprint for Redemption. If we believe in the New Testament, why would we observe the Old Testament holidays? Jewish people, it is a simple matter of obedience. The New Testament does not exempt Jewish people from observing of God's law. See your early books of the Restoration, and he goes on and explains that. Even if you are not Jewish like me, you might feel called to learn more about the Holy Days. You may feel especially called to celebrate and observe them on some level. When I first learned the biblical calendar in Leviticus 23 and the meaning of the biblical festivals, I quickly caught the zeal to celebrate and practice the festivals. It was not a one law type of thou shalt for me, nor did I see it as a matter of personal obligation. I didn't think it of it as a mandate. I knew I was not Jewish and I was not interested in pretending to be. However, I felt an inner compulsion to order my life around the holy days anyway. It seems logical to me that if the biblical festival and holy days are all about the Messiah, disciples of Yeshua, you want to be celebrating them in the seeming obvious to me that the biblical believing person would want to keep the Bible's 
Holy Days. Bible prophecy also inspired me to keep the Holy Days. The biblical feasts or festivals create a prophetic outline of the work of the Messiah. And they provide us with the foretaste of the kingdom of heaven. That is to say, they provide us with a glimpse of the messianic error. Each of Yahuwah's or God's holy days alluded to the aspect of redemption and revelation of the Mashiach. Commemorating acts of redemption for Israel's history, the Passover commemorates the exodus from Egypt. At the same time, the biblical festival looks to the future. They create an, an esoteric blueprint, foreshadowing one of the big events of God's master plan of redemption, laying out the pattern of the redemption because they schedule for us God's appointed times for interacting with man. The Lamb of God died and rose from the dead at the Passover, the same time at which Israel was celebrating salvation for Egypt from Egypt with the annual sacrifice of the Passover lamb. So here he's alluding to that. Many of the holy days point towards forward to things that are yet to come. The festival of trumpets points towards the coming day when the trumpet of the Messiah will announce his second coming. By learning more about the holy days, we can atone ourselves to the spiritual power of the redemption, the work of Messiah, and the coming kingdom of heaven. When we celebrate the holy days, we bring a little bit of that spiritual power into this world, into our lives. For me, it's exciting to keep the Shabbat and festivals because through them I experience the rich imagery and that imagery, symbolism, spiritual substance, customs, prayers, and scriptures that illuminate Messiah. Revealing the kingdom and pointing to Yeshua. So here we see Yeshua. Life of the Messiah. Imagine what it must be, have been like to be one of the apostles, to be one of those who selected few who have been encountered with the risen Messiah or Messiah. What it what an immersed, life changing privilege. On a small level, the festivals offer us the opportunity to see the experience and experience him too. At Passover, we sit around his table. We follow his Gethsemane, Golgotha. We discover his empty tomb. We rejoice with his disciples. You might say that if in every generation, a disciple should regard himself as if he personally reclined at the Last Supper, fled from Gethsemane, and wept at the cross, and rejoiced over the resurrection during the days of the counting of the barley Omar. He appeared to us as a living atonement, or Shia, so, so to speak. And on the four, 40th day, we watched him ascend to the right hand of the glory. At Pentecost, we should regard ourselves as if we were personally present in the temple when the sound of the mighty rushing wind filled the temple courts and the tongues of fire descended upon them and we spoke in 70 languages on the first day of Yule, 
we witnessed his immersion in the Jordan and the descension of the dove. We hear the voice from heaven declaring, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then we follow Yeshua into the wilderness for 40 days of preparation. On the festival of trumpets, we hear the shofar trumpet announce his second coming. And on the day of atonement, we see him take up his seat on the throne of judgment as a son of man who will judge the living and the dead. And at the festival of Booths, we dwell in the Sukkot under the shadow of the Almighty. In the shade of the Most High, we hear angels singing, Behold, I bring you good tidings and news of great joy will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Mashiach, the Adonai, Hoshana, to Yahuwah in the highest, on the earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And that is Luke 2, 10-14. Then each person can sit in his own booth, enjoying the holiness of the land of Israel and the future Messianic kingdom, um, when each man will sit under his own vine and fig. This is how we live out the festivals of each substance of the Mashiach and the shadow of things to come. Celebrating the Holy Days offers us a foretaste of the coming kingdom. So there we go. Um, then we're going to head start on the kingdom. Every disciple of Jesus is obligated to seek the first, seek first the kingdom of heaven. Seek, seek first the kingdom of Yahuwah, Matthew 6, 33. All concerning pertaining to the material world are irrelevant compared to the one single overreaching goal. But what is the kingdom of heaven? What is the kingdom of heaven? Well, let's see. Contrary to popular belief, the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of going to heaven when you die. The kingdom of heaven is the reign and rule of Yahuwah through his righteous son, the Messiah. The kingdom refers to the messianic era when knowledge of the Lord will fill the earth and the revelation of Yahuwah will become universal. In that day, there will be no agnostic or atheist. The existence of Yahuwah and his presence in the world will be obvious to everyone. When the kingdom comes, all nations will ascend towards the light of the Messianic Jerusalem, where the righteous Messiah, or Mashiach, son of David, will sit upon the throne of, of David and administer justice to the entire world. He will teach the Torah of, of Yahuwah to all nations, and the Torah will go forth from Zion, or Tzion, and the word of Adonai from Jerusalem. The kingdom will bring an era of universal peace. Then the wolf shall let dwell with the lamb, and the le leopard will, shall lie down with the young goat, and the, young, and the lion shall lion and the calf together, and that's Isaiah 11, 6. The Prince of Peace will rule the government, and he will judge between nation. nations. will not make war against one another any longer. Swords will be beaten into plowshares and spears into, into 
recruiting hooks. Resources once spent on creating weapons will be spent on worthy endings. The, the Messianic era okay, will bloom in an age of mir miraculous fertility in the day of the mount mountains shall drip sweet wine and the hills shall flow with milk and all the stream beds of Judah shall flow with water. And that's Joel 3.18. In that day, there will be no poverty because everyone will sit under his own pig and vine. And that's Zechariah 3.10, meaning that everyone will be self-sufficient. The Lord will make the land like Eden, like the garden of the Adonai. Joy and gladness will be found in her thanksgiving and the voices of singing, that's Isaiah 51.3, will be no more hunger, starvation, excuse me, or plague. Everyone will have enough. In the kingdom of heaven, God will raise the righteous to eternal life, and people will reach their true spiritual potential. The spirit of Yahuwah will subdue humanity's evil inclinations and recreate their inner nature. People's evil inclinations will submit to the good. Shaitan or Satan will be bound with chains. He will no longer hold sway over human minds. In the kingdom of righteousness, resurrected, will sit at a table of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and dine with the king, Messiah. The Messiah will drink of the fruit of the vine again with his disciples. Then it will be said, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of Yahuwah, and that's Luke 14, 15, Luke 14, 15. Our holy teacher and our rabbi, Yeshua of the Nazarite, taught us diligently to seek the kingdom. Every disciple of Yeshua should live for seeking of the entering the kingdom. Our master taught us that if we will believe in him and cling to him, like the branches grow from the vine, that do, does not let go, he will bring us into the kingdom, not only into the future to come, but in this present age as well. We do not see need to wait until the Messiah comes to enter the kingdom in a spiritual sense. We can experience the power, the peace, and the protection of the kingdom right now, he said. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The disciples of Jesus live his whole life for the kingdom both from the future and for the experience of the kingdom right now every day every day he prays many of your king may your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven he seeks to prepare himself for the rewards of the kingdom by his service to yahuwah in this age and we seek to bring the kingdom into this world through the attachment of the Messianic King and the presence of his Holy Spirit of Yahuwah. This is a full-time endeavor. The festivals can play a role in the endeavor. In the kingdom, everyone will observe the biblical holy days. That's not to say that the nation of, uh, that nations of the Messianic era will be homogeneous into Jewish identity and Jewish practices. The nations will certainly 
retain their own unique and cultural diverse celebrations. At that, at the same time, they will find themselves beholding of the universal standards of the biblical calendar. Ezekiel prophesied prophecies indicated that the worshiping system of the Messianic era in the house of prayer of all nations will be regulated according to the biblical calendar and follow the cycles of the biblical feasts. The prophecies of Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Zechariah also depict the nations preparing in the worship of Yahuwah in Jerusalem, along with the whole, the holy nation. For the new moon to new moon, and from Sabbath to Sabbath, all flesh shall come to worship before me, declares Adonai, and that's in Isaiah 66, 23. Everyone who survives of all the nations that have come against Jerusalem or Jerusalem shall go up year after year to worship the king, Adonai of hosts, and to keep his feasts of booths. That's Zechariah 14, 16. If for no other reason the disciples of Yeshua should consider the holy days because of the festivals created by the Tanish in Ashar to the kingdom, they are like spiritual passports and visas for visiting the kingdom. Each holy day teaches us about some unique aspect of the kingdom, coming kingdom of heaven. For example, the Sabbath is, or Shabbat is, is called the foretaste of the Messianic era and the world to come because it is a day of peace and contemplation. The festival of Passover, which celebrates the redemption of Egypt, points towards the future final redemption. The festival of Pentecost, which celebrates the giving of the Torah at Sinai, points towards the future when the Torah will go out from Zion to all nations. The festival of trumpets points towards the future when the trumpet of the Messiah will ignite, initiate the kingdom. The Day of Atonement points to the future when God will remove the sins of his people and change our hearts. The Festival of Booze points towards the coming kingdom when, according to the prophets, all nations will annually ascend to Jerusalem to celebrate the festival along with Israel. So there we go. We will stop there at this point. And I'm not going to read any more. Um, that is, again, if you want to buy it, you can go to Fruits of Zion, where the book comes from, The Holy Days by D. Thomas Lancaster. The returning to the biblical festivals and to the disciples of Jesus. He's explaining how the biblical festivals uh, were foreshadowed. So there you go. Um, and I'm going to cut here for 10 minutes. And then we will do a final recording on the other two books that I have. And then I'll be done for the evening.